And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Glad you're home from boys' night. Did you ask how your friends were doing? No. Did you ask them about their work? No. Do you even know what their job is? No. Certainly you talked about their relationships. Nope. How about their family? No. Any of their hobbies, goals, or aspirations? <laughs> no. So did you have a bad time? No. What exactly did you do? We just took turns naming NBA role players from the 2000s. morning sweet world and welcome to the no dunks podcast on the athletic network it's tuesday november 28th 2023 i'm jay skeets here in the classic factory and alongside me as always that's tass mellis hey podcast listeners this is for you hey tassie and What's over up? yonder the man making the magic happen super producer jd hello there he is here we are go check out the latest great beyond podcast mm. with our guy jd and maddie and rachel Yes. JD's wife, uh, chopping it up. Ooh. I haven't listened to the latest one. Just dropped, I guess, uh, yeah. yesterday, last night? Uh, last night, okay. yeah. It was a little late. Um, just uh, recapping Thanksgiving break. Okay, that'll be fun. Yeah, it's good. Especially Watch. you going to Canada and touring a lot of the uh, <laughs> colleges up there for your son. That's right. I had sort of uh, went, went in a little hard on our alma mater. Wow. Oh. Toronto Metropolitan University. Oh, wow. yeah, please. It was Ryerson to me. God damn it. I know. Uh, wow, that's okay. what it's about. The branding. Oh. oh. It's a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, interesting. I can't wait to uh, listen to The Great Beyond. That's the uh, the second podcast that uh, JD and Matteo do each week on the Is This Good feed. Uh, shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Smash that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Share the show with your friends. And podcast listeners, leave us a five-star rating and review. The bosses are watching, and some of you have took note of that in your uh, reviews, actually, which is both hilarious and a little awkward, but keep doing it. Uh, okay, Tassie, we got Is This News later on, some headlines, but we had some NBA games on last night. There were some. Yeah, it wasn't the most thrilling night in the NBA. No, surprising winners, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. Uh, let's quickly go through them, though. I guess we'll start with the Sixers just crushing the Lakers. Uh, LeBron's worst defeat in his NBA career, uh, 76ers win by 44 points. You want to talk about LeBron and his milestones uh, and the defeat from the Lakers or the Sixers and how great they looked first? It's more fun to talk about the team that got smashed. <laughs> but quickly on the Sixers, yeah. the reason why they got this smash was because head coach Nick Nurse made a smart move only four minutes into the game. <clears throat> Excuse me, when the Lakers had started very well. They're up on the Sixers. Yep. But four minutes in, Joel Embiid gets his second foul Nick Nurse doesn't pull him from the game. He lets him go into Anthony Davis's chest over and over and over again. He, he allows him to play, and they go on their run, a 22-2 run in that first quarter, which was key, which was big because the Lakers were up after four minutes. It looked good, and maybe Darwin Ham should have called a timeout during that 22 run in the first quarter. I, I know. Or maybe they should have defensive players. I think that's the key here <laughs> is that Cam Reddish has gotten hurt, Big part of that defensive rotation to get out to that three-point line where the Sixers absolutely smashed uh, the Lakers. They took a lot of threes. Half of their shots were threes, and everybody was hot. Patrick Beverly was 50% from three, hitting four threes. Everybody was hot. I think they're just missing so many guys on that perimeter defense. Cam Reddish, number one, he's injured. Hopefully he will be back soon. I think a big guy... A big important guy is Gabe Vincent, who is going to take minutes from D'Angelo Russell when he gets healthy. And also, Jared Vanderbilt just hasn't played this season. So they've got three yeah. guys who are really important to play alongside LeBron James and all those things that we'll talk about and, and what he's achieved. But him and Anthony Davis desperately need guys to help out. And Anthony Davis needs a, a guy to help out Joel Embiid's uh, shoulder going into his chest over and over and over again, which hurt. But I think that's the key, really. It was just the Lakers not playing defense, allowing threes, and those threes raining down. Yeah, good call, though, on Nick Nurse allowing Embiid to keep playing that first yeah, that quarter big. with the two fouls. You wonder if Doc Rivers would have done that. My gut says no, but mm -hmm. Embiid comes through with 30 points, 11 boards, 
and 11 assists for his sixth career triple-double, and he did it all in three quarters because he didn't have to play in the fourth as they were hammering uh, the Lakers. Tyrese Maxey, he scored 31 points too, game high. Statitudes, they noted that it's the 10th time Embiid and Maxey have each scored at least 25 points in the same game this season. Um, Only Elgin Baylor and Jerry West did it more as a duo, 25-plus in the same game, Mm. over the first... 17 games of a season. They did it twice back in the 60s, uh, those Hall of Famers. But that just that just illustrates how dominant you know these two have been uh, as a one-two punch in just racking up these 25, usually 30-point games each. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of it is just threes coming down yeah. from, from Maxi and, and those. Listen, the Lakers don't hit a lot of threes, but in the games where teams have made more threes than them, they were six and eight. It's it's not horrendous. They yeah. are still an above uh, five hundred team, but they do need some help on that side of things. They do need some more threes. They do hit the fewest threes in the game, <laughs> and uh, they take close to the fewest threes in the game. Very, very, very close to to thirtieth in the NBA. So I think that's where it's it's starting. Uh, but you know they they do hit a, a decent uh, percentage from threes. They just need to to take a few more, and that's pretty evident uh, in this game. Although, on Wednesday, when they get the Detroit Pistons, who've lost 14 in a row, I think they will uh, return to the effort level that Darvin Ham is demanding of them. Yeah. Uh, So I I assume the Pistons will have lost 15 in a row. Yeah, maybe. Uh, 76ers hit 22 three-pointers last night. Like you said, Lakers 7. That is a huge discrepancy. It's always going to be tough to overcome. Um, Yeah, LeBron's milestones, though. So while suffering the most lopsided loss of his career, <laughs> he uh, surpasses Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the most minutes played in NBA history. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking 66,300 plus now at this point for LeBron. But he also failed to record a rebound in last night's game, and that's only the fourth time that's happened. So just some weird things going on there for LeBron. And then after the game, he said a lot needs to change for the Lakers. And maybe he's thinking what you're saying here. Yeah, we need yeah. some three and D guys out here, or these guys back at least, because they do not have a lot of quality wins. I jumped on playback last night, and this came up in a discussion there with everybody in the live chat. Like, you go look at the teams the Lakers have actually won against this year. There's not a lot of like, ooh, that's a damn good team. I think they beat the Suns twice, and then you're sort of searching or struggling to find another really good quality win. Still, like you said, 500-ish, but. Um, that's not good for them right now. This is a team that went to the conference finals, obviously. Yeah, I, I will say LeBron not getting a rebound. That's not good. Um, yeah, that's weird. That is, that's just strange. And he had a minus 30 overall in this game. Yeah, that's I, weird, too. I wonder if that's a mark in his career. Mm, I guess not. Probably not. Minus 30 is – you beat LeBron <laughs> by 30 points while he was on the floor. And I just as – just to you know, zoom out here, the Lakers were a conference finals last year. They got swept by the Denver Nuggets. We all thought coming into this season, okay, you know they, they've got their guys that they that they've tried to get as three point percentage guys, defensive guys, I should say. They should be all right, and and I I think they are in a decent spot. They'll probably be looking for a trade to improve their team, but coming in, they're eleventh in opponent three point percentage. They do play pretty well defensively, but they're missing so many guys and Rui Achimura is being missed in, in their lineup. They're just missing so many rotation guys. So I think that's the biggest part of why they just looked horrendous combined mm-hmm. with their effort level in this one. Well, look, they play, like you said, the Pistons here soon. If they lose that one, then there's a real issue. Yeah. But, uh, you know, in theory, they will bounce back versus Detroit who picked up another loss. Yeah. And they're still night. way above 500 again. They're still at 10 and eight. They're still in a similar spot to where they were going into last year's yeah. postseason. You know, they want a freaking play-in. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, play-in uh, option there. So they're in a similar, similar spot. But I do see them looking at that calendar. Hmm, December 17th, we can trade D'Angelo Russell. I'm sure they're just looking to try and improve a little bit. And Cam Reddish has been monstrous for this team. He just needs to get back in the lineup. Let's talk about the other L.A. team last night. They also held the L uh, because it was former Clippers – Reggie Jackson and DeAndre Jordan carrying the Nuggets past the Clips, 113-104. 
Reggie Jackson, 35 points, 13 assists. DeAndre Jordan, 21 points and 13 boards. And the Nuggets did this. They got the victory without Jokic, mm-hmm. who sat uh, in a back-to-back situation. They said he had lower back pain. Of course, no Jamal Murray, who's still out with the right hamstring strain. And no Aaron Gordon, mm-hmm. who has a right heel strain. That's like... Uh, that's close to 60 points yeah. taken out of their lineup there. It didn't matter because the former clips there in uh, Mr. Jackson and uh, DeAndre the Giant there come through. This is an insane loss here for the clips. And they were up. They were up like 11 and going in the fourth, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of weird things. You're talking about the Denver Nuggets <laughs> missing their top three guys. Those are their top three guys. Of course. And somehow, somehow they lost this game in the fourth quarter. Where, where as you said, going into that fourth quarter, they still have a double-digit lead. Yeah. Things are looking all right. First possession, Terrence Mann goes under the screen. Daniel Tice decides, I'm not guarding that guy at the three-point line. Reggie Jackson bangs home a three. Ty Lue is going bananas on the sideline. Just guard that guy. He, you know, <laughs> he, he tried, I think he was trying to throw a little bit of a fit to try and just show guys, if you throw a hand in these guys' face, they're not going to shoot that well. Right. Reggie Jackson. Just a little effort. Not, yeah, just a little <laughs> effort. And it didn't happen. For Reggie Jackson, that's why he was so hot. I would say just throughout the entire game, there just weren't a lot of hands in his face. Now, they put Terrence Mann into that starting lineup and put Russell Westbrook on the bench for that reason, to help out defensively. Sure. Uh, but it did not happen in this game. And in that fourth quarter, especially, where, again, double-digit lead, it's really hard to imagine how the Clippers fell apart, but they just couldn't hit shots. No. Paul George just kind of short-armed a lay-in. It just kind of... T-Rex that arm, and it hit the front of the rim. Kawhi missed the layup. Uh, Harden turned it over from his butt. He was sitting on the floor and kind of turned it over. They went to the hack of DeAndre Jordan uh, technique. That that scheme later. <laughs> Desperate they were. Yeah, yeah, they were. And they got him off the floor, but then Westbrook missed free throws. A whole lot of things. Shout out to Julian Strother, Peyton Watson, and obviously Ray- Reggie Jackson. Yeah. Um, but the defense on Reggie Jackson from Norman Powell just giving him way too much room. James Harden. Uh, when it wasn't Terrence Mann, they were giving Reggie Jackson too much. If he's hitting that many shots, he was just so confident in this game. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he, he looked like a playoff guy, the guy that they hoped would just sub in for Bruce Bowen, uh, basically be that guy uh, to help out on their bench, and obviously he could be. Jackson and Jordan ran, like, incredible pick-and-roll action in this game, like, to perfection. I counted five alley-oops. Between the two, where Jackson was just lobbing it up at the rim and and DeAndre Jordan was going (laughs) to get it. He had a nice reverse on one of them. Uh, He even said, Reggie, after the game, looking a a little young Lob City out there. Yeah. uh, Which it was reminiscent of. And so those two, they had 20 points in the fourth quarter. And yeah, come back and beat the Clips, who had four field goals in the fourth. You know, you had Westbrook airballing free throws. You had the Harden turnovers, like you said. Paul George, he had an airball late. He had a bad game. He did. Kawhi had sort of – Kawhi had a decent box score, you look at it, but never felt like he took control of this one. It felt like that all season long with Kawhi, if I'm being honest. He's played in Um, every game. Every game this season. Both him and Paul George haven't missed a game, which is – Maybe they should go back to uh, resting a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And and maybe Bombers got to look at this team and say, hey, we're moving into a new arena. We want a superstar on the floor. We want two, three, four like we have (laughs) that we're questioning. But the crowd wasn't buzzing. It wasn't a sellout in there. And so that that is the larger question for the Clippers. What the heck do we do? Do we maybe reboot? Because even though we're trying to go for it, it's still not a sellout sometimes. So what are we? Yeah. What, what what is this team going into the Intuit Dome with so many toilets out there? I mean, people will be spending their time in the toilets because they really it's hard to watch this team at times when they're not giving enough effort defensively. And yeah, and like you said, I mean, I don't know if it's just getting older, playing every game, but Paul George was you know a terrible a terrible performance by him. Yeah. Although he's such a good player, and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, not carrying this team. They're still trying to find each other with this new James Harden route. Westbrook uh, made some headlines last night, too. Um, he once again got into a pretty heated exchange with, yeah. with a fan, about 30 seconds to go. You know, So the Nuggets up big. They're winning this game. It's over. Clippers inbound the ball. Westbrook is standing at midcourt, and he is talking back to a fan or two there who is sitting behind sort of the courtside seats. At one point, referee Lauren Holtkamp, she gets in front of Russ, sort of make sure nothing happens. 
But then after the buzzer sounds, Westbrook returns to the, the hecklers, and then you've got the refs in there, you've got Justin Holliday's in there, you've got Arena security, you've got the Clippers security, you've got Daniel Tice, I think, is in the mix. Like, basically everyone trying to, like, keep Russ cool or make sure, like, this doesn't boil over into anything more than that. But uh, Westbrook asked about it after the game, and he just reiterated once again that he's not going to stand by and listen to these fans verbally attack him and his family. It seems to always come back to his to his family. That's mm. like that's where you cross a line to Westbrook and that's when he'll, you know, start giving it back I guess to these people because <laughs> this is what is this like the fourth or fifth time, you know, in the last let's say 4 years where this has happened with Russell Westbrook. Right. But after watching the clips and how it happened and not knowing exactly what the fan said. Of course, of course. I just thought that that fan was just asking for him to try harder, really, because Russ didn't go and stand there for a long time. And fans weren't that mad at that particular fan standing around him. Although at, at some point they pointed to the referees and to security, hey, it was this guy who was talking. Right. But... You know, this is me just making it up and just wondering what was said. I don't really think anything was said that needed to be addressed in that way, that needed to get that fan out of the arena, like other fans who have before who need to be banned from that particular city's arena for an entire season or for a heck of a lot longer right. if you're if you're questioning someone's fa- uh, family. But I don't think there really was much other than Westbrook being frustrated with the Los Angeles Clippers. I think that's what, what was more uh, to be made of. Although, you know, he, he stood there and, and he – during possessions even. This, during, this was yeah. during possessions going up and down the yeah. floor. Westbrook decided not to play, just to look at that fan and, and say something. But I think the fan really just was more like – Hey, we want to win games. Do something. We don't know. Yeah. But there has been no other reports like what exactly he said. But right. again, it's just Russ always going back to this idea like he cross they you cross a line when you start disrespecting my name. It's all about the Westbrook name and his family and and that. But yeah, I mean in 2019, a fan in Utah earned that lifetime ban. Uh, for the verbal altercation with Russ. Mm-hmm. Now, that there was a little more sort of evidence with what was being said and definitely crossing lines. In 21, when he was with the Wizards, Russ, uh, there was um, popcorn dumped on him in uh, mm. Philadelphia, I think that was. That was a playoff game. Last season, Clippers-Suns in Phoenix, verbal confrontation with a Suns fan. This is the weird part of all of this. This was in L.A. This is at home. This is in front of Clippers fans. And so, yeah, what was what was said that really pissed Russ off? Or was it just Russ uh, reacting to, like, oh, my God, embarrassing loss. He's airballing free throws. You know, fans are a little upset and all that. And it's and it just, like, triggered him. It right. really got him. But, man, I mean, you can you can get to him is obviously what this – this is the problem. On one hand, you're like, yeah, man, that's got to suck. Like, tell these people to shut the fuck up when they cross a line to you. But – it's also like it's a double-edged sword because it's like, well, now they know that it's going to affect you and it's just going to make it more likely that some other chump's going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's tough. It's, uh, I, don't, I don't envy him in that position, but it's almost like, ugh. You're just mo- it's more likely to happen again, unfortunately. And it shouldn't happen at home. That's, no, that's no, for sure. Definitely. But this fan has not been banned in any way. No, I don't. Not, it no, we doesn't know seem of. like that, but I'm sure the Clippers... Steve Ballmer and his new dome plan would ban a fan if he if he or she needed to be banned. Yes. And in this instance... I don't believe just because you buy a ticket you can say whatever you want. No. By, no, by any means. We, that's true. But do I believe you can say, uh, call out your team a little bit or obviously try and get try under harder. the opponent's skin? Yeah, like, <laughs> yes, you can boo. Sorry, Pop. Uh, you can. Yeah. But, you know... I guess he maybe he did cross a line. He crossed a line in Russ's mind. That's the that's the issue here. And it happened exactly after those free throws we mentioned that he missed. He missed a pair of free throws. Yes. Which yeah, I'm just guessing that Russ was frustrated. Right, right. By what happened on the basketball floor, because Russ is a freaking good player and was doing a lot offensively for this team when he was on that floor and has moved his way to the bench on this team to support his team, to make them better, like he did last year for the Los Angeles Lakers, which helps. It helps that team, although they haven't been moving the ball all that well with Terrence Mann as a starting point guard. They're still trying to figure it out, and that's unfortunate, and maybe they will a little bit more, but this team is too small and doesn't have the effort level. So I think that's what the fan was saying. Just guessing, Mm -hmm. Uh, but obviously Westbrook... Took offense to it. He took offense, and and stopping (laughs) during play... 
Like he wasn't running up and down the floor, right. which was really weird. Like it wasn't at an end; it was at the center center line, yeah. up a few li- up a few uh, rows, where he was trying to get it into somebody. Yeah, or get them tossed or whatever. He was right. whatever, what the end goal was. I'm not sure from Russ's side of things. I guess yeah. to have that person maybe thrown out. But yeah, it was the end of the game, and he's a Clippers. You know, I mean, look, just because he's there doesn't mean he's a Clippers fan. I guess. In theory, did he, he have been... on a Clippers jersey? Did he? Uh, I think so. Oh, okay. okay. I think the reports. Okay. Reports are fan has Clippers jersey. Okay. Well, that, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. A uh, couple other games last night. The closest game last night was uh, rookie Keontae George scoring a season high 19 as the Jazz just edged out the Pelicans 114 112. Um, not the prettiest ending to this game. A lot of missed shots. I mean, the Jazz were up 114-107 after that George 3. Big 3 with like 2.40 to go. But again, that score was 114-107, and the final score was 114-112. So the Jazz didn't score the rest of the way, but still held on uh, because the Pelicans missed, I guess, all three of their field goal attempts in the final minute. You had... Herb Jones missing a three-point attempt after he had just banged one in the corner. And then 10 seconds left, Ingram missed a contested jumper off a pass from Zion. I thought Zion maybe could have shot that in the lane. And then Najee Marshall, Najee Marshall, excuse me, he got he got credited with a missed shot on like a offensive rebound tip that was not even close to going in. So sort of a weird, uh, weird decision to give him the offensive uh, rebound slash shot there. But anyway, weird ending. Very weird. Yeah. When a guy is last make for a team is yeah it's almost three minutes left in yeah. the game and they don't have to score the rest of the game <laughs> right. but shout out to Keontae George this is his rook that rookie season this is his career high as you mentioned mm-hmm. there at 19 he doesn't usually shoot 14 shots in a game but he got so pumped after that dunk in transition in that late in the first half that was a monster oh, that was big that was a monster just peel it back and throw it down so shout out to him for that only three assists in this game although he plays guard for this team so there's lots of confidence for Keontae George in this one. Um, with Jordan Clarkson you know, allowing the team to get involved, get going. A lot of assists for Jordan Clarkson in this one, although he had a you know poor shooting net. But it was really weird just those those last few minutes because, as you said, the Zion pass out to Brandon Ingram, who took a contested shot when he could have stepped into a, a little bit more of an open shot. Um, he he is a guy who makes shots from there. A guy played for Team USA this summer. Uh, so so a weird one there. They took a lot fewer threes than their opponent, as they always do. Yep, and yep. that's a bit of their problem. That is what they do. So they're looking for guys who shoot threes. They are missing Trey Murphy the third, who's been injured all season long, who hopefully will be back uh, at some point. And C.J. McCollum. And C.J. McCollum, yeah, the... the the partial lung collapse. So those two guys, and then hopefully uh, McCollum will be back uh, some point soon. So the threes are just, that's a problem. Uh, You do want to do the math. Uh, I don't, but the the Pelicans just take far fewer threes. And I think Simone Fontecchio did a pretty good job against Brandon Ingram. Yeah. The height was there uh, to contest Brandon Ingram shots all game, but that was a long two to try and win it when he could have stepped into a, an elbow th- elbow two. Uh, he could have gone way in there or, in. Yeah. or taken the three, as you said. Yeah. There was options there, but uh, it probably started early for this. Pelican team just lost two straight games to the Jazz. Yeah. yeah. Really strange. They got their number for some reason. I thought the play of the game may have been Fontecchio, and it's a weird one here, but there was 20 seconds left. Jazz are up two. Clarkson, he takes a pre- he takes a step back three from the wing. It comes up well short, but the rebound got like ricocheted to like half court almost, where two Pelicans were like leaking out. It was Herb Jones, and then it was Najee Marshall, even more ahead of him. And Fontecchio hit the floor to sort of beat Herb Jones to the ball a little bit to at least make the scramble happen. It resulted in a foul on the Jazz, but I actually think it saved a fast break that the Pelicans were going to get there. If Herb Jones gets to that and Fontecchio doesn't hit the floor and mix it up a little bit, I think that ball's easily thrown ahead to Marshall, and it's a layup, and they're tied. Mm-hmm. Um, but a hell of a play, and he was pissed off he got called for the foul, but in the end it didn't hurt them because they got to set up their defense, and, and then uh, Ingram missed the shot. But it was a big play from him. He had a good game. He had 14 points. He's yeah. contributing. And another guy had 14 points, Jonas Valanciunas, I thought was uh, it wasn't big enough. Omer Yurt seven former Miami Heat played Valanciunas pretty well in the middle, um, and 
you know, he started for them. Walker Kessler came off the bench. Who had some, uh, you know, some block shots for them. They're they're trying to figure that out as well. So they're they're going vets uh, a little bit more so than than their young guys. But yeah, shout out to the young guy, the guy who just turned twenty, Keontae George, very young guy. He looks career young. high. Yes, he, he looks does. like he's sixteen years old. Yeah, baby. baby face. Yeah. Uh, the other games last night. Um, Jeremy Grant leading the Blazers to the 114-110 victory over the Pacers. Indiana played very poorly. 20 turnovers. They shot 8 for 33 from deep. That was sort of a theme from last night. Mm -hmm. One team really struggling with their three-point shot. But Brogdon, he iced the game with a timely jumper there in the final seconds. But I thought Grant, I mean, we had this one on playback, and uh, Grant had had a part of that game late where he just completely took over. He was hitting tough fadeaway jumpers in the lane. He was hitting threes. And uh, the Blazers, they looked a little scrappy. I got to be honest. I was pretty impressed with how they at least sort of competed in this, and they uh, got a much-needed victory. Any thoughts on this one? I know you're a Pacers fan. Yeah. Uh, it must have been a little tough watching a guy like Jeremy Grant, who we wondered, is this a good contract? Uh, because he isn't a number one guy, but you're sort of paying him like a number one guy because they're they're deciding to take a little step back. But at the same time, with this team, and especially with Malcolm Brogdon coming back and being healthy, this team got that losing streak going because they didn't have Malcolm Brogdon in this lineup. And so Malcolm Brogdon back, having a, a nice 24-point night game, along with Jeremy Grant, who was going up against Obi Toppin, just going up against this team that just plays poor defense mm-hmm. uh, and is not great at that position. Yeah, had his way in this game, and then the Pacers couldn't hit threes, which is what they do. Um, but I think th- I think a big reason why the Blazers, e- I-, I do like the fact that their front office is kind of going for it. They give Grant that big uh, contract. They have DeAndre Ayton playing center. They have Malcolm Brogdon as their starting point guard. But I think a re- big reason why they were started four and twelve this season now at five and twelve, it was because Bre- Malcolm Brogdon missed so many games. Uh, and we're going to figure out the Scoot Henderson thing. But I just <laughs> I just like how they're going for it. And Brogdon being in there, Brogdog. That was monstrous uh, for me watching this game. Well, every one of these good Brogdon games, maybe even good Jeremy Grant games, just maybe helps their trade value, too, if they do pivot. I know you maybe disagree with that, uh, but I I feel like Brogdon especially, there should be so many teams that are looking at him like, oh, yeah, he probably could be acquired from the Blazers as the season goes on, and he could really shore up our second unit. And yeah. obviously he's been in a lot of big playoff games and, and stuff like that. Uh, Rick Carlisle, after the game, said, getting up for the in-season tournament games and thinking that we can walk out and just beat other teams is ignorant. Oh, that was an interesting line. He's talking about, mm. like, you know, the Pacers, maybe more yeah. than any other team. It feels like I've talked about, like, these in-season tournament games. Halliburton's calling them playoff-like games. And they won all of them. They went 4-0. and It's the final night of the IST uh, group play tonight. But then, yeah, these other games, you know, like he says, maybe we just thought we could come in. It did. They did play like they thought, like, well, our offense is so good. You know, we'll just turn it on for a six-minute stretch and we'll win yeah. this game. And, they, and you know, they sort of got close, but it bit them in the ass. And they played very poorly. 20 turnovers in that three-point shooting. I mean, you're, you're at a disadvantage right there. Yeah, those are wild numbers uh, to see the Pacers miss that many threes. Yeah, they had a poor night from that side. But I agree. I, I didn't feel like they tried hard enough yeah. uh, in this game, which happens from time to time with this Pacers team just because of their chemistry. But Miles Turner tried to win it in the end, and it did feel like we were going curtains Halliburton with a game-winning shot at, at some point. It felt like they got it going. But uh, this Blazers team that they've assembled, Joe Cronin has assembled, I like the look of it. Obviously, Malcolm Brogdon going against his own team, his old team, I should say, and feeling healthy is is much different. I do agree, though. Yeah, teams are going to be looking for Brogdog. Yeah. Why the heck not? He could be a starting guard in this uh, in this game. That's why the Celtics tried to get him to help them win their championship. But the worrisome part is that he gets, he gets hurt, all hurt a lot. Yeah. Uh, the final game last night. <laughs> Can I clarify you don't have a peanut allergy? <laughs> Oh, of course, of course not. You okay. know me. Well, yeah, it's true. Yeah, Reese's peanut butter all day long. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, because we had a nut dust showdown. <laughs> it was the Wizards Pistons, and the Wizards ended their nine game losing streak, running away in the end with a victory over Detroit. And the Pistons have lost fourteen straight. And Monty Williams saying after the game in a very brief post game press conference, there wasn't any fight on that floor. 
and uh, Kuz coming through for the Zards. So I got the big victory <sighs> in the battle of the worst teams there in the Eastern Conference, and uh, Tass now in last place uh, <laughs> with Detroit, uh, and I don't know when they're going to win their next one because it doesn't look great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it looks like I shall be eating nut dust. <laughs> the fact that you got not, folded into this that. bet between me and Trey, <laughs> you had nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah, Trey's got the Hornets, yep. Um, yep. and I've got these nutty pistons. Although, <laughs> it feels like they're trying hard. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, but Monty mm-hmm. Williams said, hey, we should Called try harder. Yeah. Um, you know... They tried to make some highlights in this game, sort of. <laughs> I thought this was an incredibly fun game to watch. I got to be honest. There's just so many weird things happening, especially Jordan Poole. <laughs> this guy's Jordan Poole floored Cade Cunningham, who was guarding him. That's that's the wild thing. He floored him. He, he took him into the paint, and Cade Cunningham just flew into the, the baseline. Yeah. He was gone. Yep. And somehow, as Jordan Poole is just standing just outside the key, decides to... Um, I'm not sure what to do with such a <laughs> such an opening. I'm just going to take a step in, and Asar Thompson said, "Okay, I'm going to block your shot." <laughs> uh, that was a, that was the strangest yeah. turn. Uh, why didn't Jordan Poole just float it in? I guess he didn't see Asar Thompson, who blocks shots really well, who's, yes. who's doing his thing. But so much fun, so much fun with Jordan Poole getting called for a foul a little bit later, which. He did not deserve, and he was getting into the referee's face. I think it was Bill Kennedy getting into Bill Kennedy's face, and and he was saying, "Call it, call it, call it." You could read his lips. Call it, call it, call it. He wanted a technical foul call on him. Technical foul on you, sir. You wanted it real bad. And then you can see his his mouth, and he goes, "I hate that referee the most," (laughs) (laughs) which is hilarious. Uh, this game was just too good. A guy you said, uh, there were lots of talks about guys not working hard. Kyle Kuzma's game was on fire in this one. He just went at the Pistons. I think the Pistons should trade for Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> I think he loves playing in Detroit. Yeah. I mean, he's a Michigan guy. Yeah. I think he was doing stuff in Flint and helping out the community like earlier in the day or, right. or at least on this trip. And he balls out. He talks about it. He's like, he loves playing in front of his family. But yeah, he played very hard. He nearly had a triple-double. Kuzma, 32 points, 12 boards, 8 assists. And uh, got to the line a ton. 10 of 23 overall from the floor. 2 for 7 from deep. So not the most efficient shooting game. But a plus 18 when he was out there, which basically led the team. Uh, Koulibaly, their rookie, plus 19 but uh, in limited minutes. But he, he loves playing in Detroit. He could maybe help them get a victory. He does. He had a huge third quarter. They were going to him. He, he just thought he was bigger than everybody um, on the Pistons, and he was. He just took it to the hole and, and took it to the paint. But, yes, shout out to him as Kuzma donated 60K and clothes to female inmates in Flint, Michigan. Uh, so shout out to him. All um, right. That's the that games guy. last night. Uh, again, not the most fascinating night in the NBA, but oh. it happens. And tonight it's in-season tournament time. And we'll talk a little bit about that right after the break. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Despite the lackluster night in the NBA... A lot of you still coming out to the Classic Factory, to the live stream. We appreciate it. Hit that like button and make sure you subscribe. Let's get into Is This News. I have some headlines for you, Tass. Yeah. And for everybody uh, watching and listening. And we're going to debate whether or not they're newsworthy or how they're newsworthy. Uh, First one is from CBS Sports. LaMelo Ball listed as doubtful for the Knicks game tonight due to a right ankle injury. We didn't really talk about this on yesterday's show as a you know a winner or probably for this a loser, mm-hmm. but he did leave over the weekend with a pretty bad looking ankle yeah. twist and they're calling it a strain. Uh, but is this news here, LaMelo doubtful for tonight? You might doubt me, 
But it's good news, I would say, that he's doubtful for just this one particular game because it looked like such a bad twist against the Orlando Magic that I was watching. The Magic playing so hard. It looked like LaMelo Ball could be out for a long time, but Mm. the x-rays were negative. So this one particular game, yeah, it's bad news that he's missing this in-season tournament game against the Knicks. For sure, because it is an important game in this in-season tournament. I will say, I wonder if the teams play really hard in this in-season tournament. And then they, you know, they have games off like we just talked about on Monday nights. Yeah, well, we got we got things to do. On I've other sort of nights. wondered that too. I wonder what happens after this whole thing is done. Mm-hmm. The IST, which has been a success, at least to us, it's made these games a little more enjoyable. Right. There's some juice to them tonight, and we'll go through it here in a second. But like, yeah, what happens after it's done? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just back to old regular season basketball yeah. and take away the courts and all that. And it's like, will they, I don't know, will there be a lull until, I guess, maybe the Christmas games and stuff like that? And does it matter? Because people will say, well, there was always a lull anyway. Exactly. So, I think I that I think that we're just going to see the same thing yeah. again next year because I don't think that the floors are much of a problem. Although we talked about guys saying they're slipping mm-hmm. on the Jalen right. Brown, Luka Doncic. Precious Achua have all said that they slipped on the court, but that is kind of being swept under the rug. So the floors are okay. There's stuff to be talked about in November when people still say the the actual season starts on Christmas anyways. Yep, yep. So I think it's fine. I can't wait till next week when this tournament actually does happen. Is it next week? No, it's two weeks yeah. uh, where we'll get quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals, and some breaks actually in the regular season where there's a couple – nothing nights happening on, on the Sundays. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think they're fine. But as far as LaMelo Ball goes, injuries are freaking important. The fact that he doesn't have a long-term one like he has had in the past, hopefully that doesn't happen. But we're getting guys back. If LaMelo Ball comes back soon, Kelly Oubre could be back soon. Jamal Murray could be yeah, back soon. that's what Trump said yesterday. So yeah. all good news, I would say. I wouldn't say that this is bad news after watching the, that Orlando Magic Hammer the Hornets. Terry Rozier tried to come in and do things, but LaBelle Ball I thought was going to be out long term because he has been in the past, but it's good news that he's not. Yeah, on the surface, you're right. Ankle injury happens a lot of the times. It's not usually uh, too much concern, but it is the same ankle that Ball had surgery on last mm. season that was season ending um, and kept him out for a big chunk of it. You know, that is where everybody was like, uh oh, not again, because this team goes as LaMelo goes. He had been on a tear recently, too. LaMelo Ball was averaging 32 points, 9 assists, and 7 boards in the 9 games leading up to that Sunday game. And he was making 44% of his 10 three-point attempts per game. That's like Curry-like numbers right there. Um, so that sucks. And mm-hmm. hopefully, though, like you said, this is he's out for tonight. He missed another game or two, but then he's back. And this is not uh, another thing where there's a fracture and, oh, my God, he's got to have another season-ending uh, surgery on that no, same ankle. because he's been balling, like you said. Because that would suck. He looks great But when he plays. he's doubtful for tonight, which Knicks fans are probably pretty happy about because yeah. they play in-season tournament game. And, uh, you know, the Knicks... They need to win. They need to win to really help their chances to uh, be that wild card team there in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I'm not going to go through every single scenario here with all these games, but John Hollinger at The Athletic, he just put this the best, most succinct way possible, okay? Two teams have clinched, Lakers and Pacers. Two teams are very likely to advance, the Suns and the Bucks. Two teams that are done, they don't even play tonight, but they are sweating out the results, the Pelicans and the Magic, especially the Pelicans. If the Rockets beat the Mavs tonight, the Pelicans are out. If the if the Rockets can't beat the Mavs, the Pelicans are in. The Magic, a lot more has to happen for them to get bounced, but it's possible. Anyway, four teams need to win. The Knicks, the Nets, the Kings, and the Rockets, like I said. Five teams need to win, and they need a bunch of help, right? In terms of other results or point differentials, we're talking the Cavs, the Celtics, the Heat, the Warriors, and the Wolves. And then three teams... They need a goddamn miracle. The Hornets, the Hawks, and the Sixers. Those three teams are somehow still alive, but they need the most insane things to happen. Like they need like they need like five other teams to lose and then them to be second and have this point differential. So it's like yeah, that I mean, was, you basically can write those two thoughts. That was hard to read. <laughs> oh, there's some crazy <laughs> breakdowns. Yeah. But yeah, like the the first stuff there is the most important sort of those first sort of four tiers that Hollinger laid out. Those are likely gonna be your teams. Like you know, I think the Kings are going to be in here 
after the, I think the Kings beat the Warriors tonight. I'll, I'll go on the record and say that. I think the, uh, I'm not sure with this Rockets-Mavs game, is Luka playing? Yeah. Sounds like he might be, mm-hmm. which, you know, hurts the Rockets' chances, but that's a big one. So there's a couple couple big games, and, and watch the point differentials in these ones too when you get into the fourth quarter. If a team's up, they're going to keep running it up mm. if they have a chance to uh, obviously be a wildcard team or to win a group, stuff like that. Shout out to John Hollinger for breaking it down. Man, Skeets, that's I know- true sicko shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're calling yourself sicko skeets. And yeah, there's levels to this sicko there is, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you're playing it. You're playing this game. <laughs> I'm and so is Johnny Holly. No doubt about it. That is hard. I will say Terry Rozier has a huge game against the Knicks tonight. No, okay. Yeah, he just came back, right? Yeah, yeah. and he looked good against yeah. the Magic. I, I, I think the Knicks got to be worried. Maybe they're going to throw QG on their little Grimes uh, on him because he's going to ball. The big one is the uh, Heat Bucks game tonight. That's a big one in terms of winning that group. Point differential in play, obviously. Um, so if the Heat beat Milwaukee, it makes things a lot more confusing. Uh, so that's another one to watch. I just came to the realization, I said yeah. this on the Saturday podcast, Like we have to play our part. We have to help promote this, explain it yeah, but to people. Don't we? I guess. but We, we- should. We should also be invited to Las Vegas. Well, Jesus, we should have got one of the care packages at the very least. What kind of care package? Well, you weren't here when we were talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Some of these um, NBA media personalities, influencers, whatever, important people, uh, they got this sick, like, in-season tournament, like, um, was it Hennessy maybe or something like that? It was like a cool, like, glasses. Yeah, I think it was Hennessy. looked awesome. I think Shea Serrano got one. I haven't heard him talk about the in-season tournament once. Yeah. This is all I do. All we talk. All, all I you do talk is talk about, about this thing. I can't shut up we talking do talk about the about IST. <laughs> Come on, I just want some Hennessy. Hennessy's <laughs> uh, good. I think I might have some over there. On the bar. Do you got some on the bar? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I can see it on the bar. Yeah, crack Listen, one. alcohol, great. Going to Vegas, better. <laughs> sure. We would like the invitation. Oh yeah. At least one, two, three of us, four of us, five of us. There's there's lots who work in our group. Actually, it's a, you know it's a small group, uh, but we work hard. We talk about it a lot, and it has been a good tournament. It really has been a good tournament because the floors look great. We've been <laughs> yeah, into something. it. Yep. Uh, we have absolutely been into it. And I think it's smart getting fans into games prior to Christmas. I think it is. I it, agree. That is exactly the point. And the exact other point, get paid. Get some money. <laughs> get get some money from sponsors. Right. So which is going to happen. Netflix is going to buy this or Amazon's going to buy this. Or Hennessy's going to say, I'll, I, will, I will contribute to it. Something's going to happen sure. when, when Silver and the company decide we're going to negotiate here. You guys want to get in on this in-season tournament deal next year? Because he's negotiating the, the TV deal, uh, which begins in March, the negotiations. So, yeah, it's all good. Hey, I have no complaints with us actually getting excited about some, like, must-win games late November. Tonight, there's, like, three games that are, like, really of importance for teams to, like, move on to the quarterfinals and stuff like that. Like, how could Rockets fans, who have had a shitty team for years now running, I assume they're pretty pumped about the chances to even just go to the quarterfinals, like, with Mm -hmm. a win tonight. It's pretty cool. Uh, oh, they're all talking about it. I mean, yeah, exactly. It seems to be working. It's working. So anyway, let's just yeah, let's get to Vegas, and it's and let's at least get some Hennessy. Uh, all right, that was a sad boy there. Uh, all right, next headline from ESPN: uh, Draymond Green says he doesn't regret the incident with Rudy Gobert. Is this news? No, no. I would say it's not news because I read that article a couple times. First. And I, uh, the time I read it, I didn't think there was much to be made of. And then we had this, you know, plugged into our show here as a potential news item. Yeah. No, I wasn't swayed. Again, <laughs> I, I I thought maybe maybe I was being biased the first time I read it. No, because I'll go through it. Okay, maybe this first thing that he said, you'd think, okay, this is a positive. I don't live my life with regrets. What matters to me is how the people that I care about feel first and foremost. How are the people that I care about affected? How are the people I care about? What do they have to deal with? That's it for me. Okay, fine. But what he really should say is, I shouldn't have choked a guy. (laughs) That's what it comes down to. He's old school, and I get it. That's how we played high school. We would go for each other's 
butt when we got hit, right? <laughs> like we would go there. Go in, for each other's butt. What yeah, were you doing yeah, in your high school? Yeah, yeah, that, that is weird. We're going for butts in our high school. There's no doubt about that. Uh, no, we'd go protect our uh, yeah. our teammates' butt. Yeah. Uh, you know, you'd we, come to your teammates' defense, and this is what also. That, that is said. what he's saying. Of course. He said, I'm always going to be there for my teammates. That's who I am. That's who I am as a teammate. That's who I am as a friend. Right, wrong, or indifferent, look to your side, and I'll be there or even in front of you. That's our high school. However, <laughs> however, he said this, but in saying that, there's always a better way that something can be done. So it's figuring out a better way. That's the consensus among all of us. So he says, Yeah, he no says shit, that, man. You can come to your teammate's defense, yeah. but maybe stop choking the guy yes. after four seconds, you know? Yeah. Maybe cut it off at two all, when you've pulled them away. Yep. Yes. That's all he had to say. Yeah. That's, all he had to say was Adam's apple should have been safe. I shouldn't have just gone and got Rudy Gobert's neck. That's that's all he should have said. But he doesn't like Rudy Gobert, and he does right. play the game old school. Right. This is a little 80s ball. This, yep. this is the, the Detroit crew. This is who it is. It just feels like old basketball. Draymond Green... Grew up in freaking Detroit. He wants to play yeah, like the bad Detroit, the bad boys Pistons. That's what he wants. And I get that. Uh, but we are changing as a basketball league and as fans. Right. But he's he, not going to change. No, he, he was never going to, like, apologize. That's all he needed to do. Yeah, just to say sorry, sorry to, like, again, Clay Thompson was also grabbed by Rudy Gobert, who was trying to, he was trying to put up the flames. But he didn't get mad because Rudy Gobert didn't grab his throat. Right. Ru- Rudy Gobert just tried to get Clay Thompson away from things. Clay Thompson's just a straight up bro. He did not say anything about Rudy Gobert post game or in any situation, in any interview. He's a straight up person. He would have, is what I'm trying to say, if there were was a problem, but there wasn't. And I don't even mean Draymond should have apologized to Rudy Gobert because you know that's never going to happen. And okay, whatever. They hate each other. Great. Uh, it's spicy. But uh, he maybe should have apologized to his own team. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did miss five games. His team did not look good in those games that he did not play because he's very important to their defense and obviously moving the ball and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But uh, yeah, this isn't. This, I'm with you. Not really all that newsworthy. He did say um, to. Uh, he brought up this idea that like the league does penalize him harsher than other people. And he like right. he says, to continue mentioning, oh, well, he did this in the past. I paid for those. That's what Green told reporters. I got suspended in Game 5 of the NBA Finals. You can't keep suspending me for those actions, end quote. So he keeps saying that all of this is coming back from these previous incidents, which, I mean, the counter to that is, okay, man, then just stop doing it yeah. and giving them a chance to obviously suspend you or kick you out of games because you keep doing it. That's mm-hmm. the point. So just stop doing it. Yeah. There's a pattern here. <laughs> yeah, and that, that game five suspension in the 2016 finals came because he had so many flagrant of fouls course, that course. he absorbed over the first three rounds. Right. Which is strange. They should have suspended him earlier. He didn't note that. <laughs> what, what was I doing? Literally, that's almost yeah. a month and a half of flagrant fouls where he was going hard against his opponents. And the other thing is... And some of those were just so pointless. Mm-hmm. Like, like, remember that one, whoever he chucked down, he ripped he ripped down the ground. It was like the end of the game situation in one of those playoff games. I forget who it was. I feel like it was the Rockets. They were yeah, playing. yeah. And it was like, it was... There's no need for it. Yeah. And, you know, that was what then accumulated to eventually him getting uh, suspended for a game five. Yes. But. It was just an accumulation. And the other thing is here, back-to-back seasons is when he disrupted his own dressing room. Yeah, yeah. By punching Jordan Poole. Right, right. So why not say something about that when being interviewed about that? Because it is weeks or a week later here where he's being asked about it. And it's good that he talked. Because I thought he would just talk on his podcast about it, mm. but apparently not. No. Uh, he was asked about it. He should just make a note here. Last year, we did not have any chemistry, as he as he said, because Jordan Poole was punched. That's why they traded Jordan Poole because they wanted to move on from that relationship. But he could just he could just say it. And I do like how after the choke, Steve Kerr did say something about it that it's unacceptable, and yeah. it is in this article as well that it is unacceptable for him to do what he did. It ain't cool. Uh, to grab guys by the Adam's apple. Yeah. All right, next one here from The Athletic, I believe Joe Varden. Uh, LeBron James and NBA coaches say the league should look into raised 
Cavs floor. Now let me explain this one yeah. just briefly here. Last week, Heat guard Drew Smith, he suffered a season-ending severe ACL sprain while falling off the edge of that raised floor in Cleveland. It's one of these rare floors, in the NBA at least, where it's, uh, I think it's something like 10 inches. Sort of so like you're sitting uh, on the bench there, or you're sitting courtside, your feet are actually can be below the floor. But here is the clip. And uh, Smith is attempting to close out on Max Struess there on a corner three-point attempt. His momentum takes him into the Cleveland bench area, and it looks like he just slips on a piece of paper. Right. And then sort of his leg sort of carries him off the floor there, and his, you know, it, his right knee twists pretty damn awkwardly, and hence the um, season-ending injury. Ooh, don't like watching that one. But uh, is this news the actual raised floor part here, Tess? I got so many questions okay. with this one. Sure. I'm not 100% sure this is news being this is probably the first injury that's happened in Cleveland because of that floor. I think so, yes. And it happened because of the sheet of paper. Because uh, an assistant had yep. a breakdown from the first quarter, second quarter, whatever it was. It looked like a box score from earlier in the game yep. that he's got in between his legs and Drew Smith unfortunately steps on it and goes over the floor, yeah, the, over. the edge of the floor, which wouldn't have happened if the sheet of paper wasn't there. Probably not. Pro- Probably not. Yeah. I'm not I guess a- it's still possible that he slips off the edge there, but right. you're right. It's unlikely. It looks it's like paper. It looks like an NCAA Final Four floor. That's right. Where you've got the, the bench beyond the edge of the floor, and... Uh, it hasn't happened there where a player has been injured really in the same way. I mean, I, I could mean those be... courts, those NCAA Final Four courts, they're they're significantly raised because right. they're usually in like like football arenas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those are like I feel like those are like three feet high and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And the court area, like outside of the actual inbounds, is like feels so much larger. It'd be very difficult. Maybe mm-hmm. somebody in the stream team correct us if we're wrong. Has somebody as a college kid or? Guy or girl got injured flying off of that? I don't know. I don't think so either. But anyway. But I had read I had read this prior to seeing the Drew Smith injury. Yeah. And I thought to myself, okay, LeBron played there for years. Right. It wasn't an incident then. There wasn't an incident. No. There wasn't an issue. It wasn't a problem. Because unlike the NCAA tournaments, where there's a bit of space after the end of the floor. You don't have an entire bench, including assistant coaches, that are on the floor. That assistant coach that he went through was on the floor, but he went through his legs and somehow got his leg to a position where he was off the floor. So I just don't think LeBron didn't bring it up for years and years and years. No, and he's asked about it here by Joe Varden because the Lakers were coming to town, back to Cleveland after that. So, yeah. And he's just asked about it, and he just gives your classic. Like, they all seem to give, like, the classic, like, yeah, I guess a guy got injured. We should look into it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But the counter is they've played there. We've played on this type of court for how long have they had this race floor? Like 30 years? I don't know. Yes, it's a long and time. And so it's like if this is the first time, like do we really need to look into it? <laughs> Maybe we get rid of the pieces of paper. <laughs> like yeah. do we need to be printing out the first quarter stats? Does anybody look at those? <laughs> they barely look at them. They should all be on their watch. They should just pop up on their watch. <laughs> scroll on their watch. Oh, okay, cool. He's got eight points. Um, because that's what—that's the unfortunate part here. And I'm not even like blaming that assistant coach. Like, the paper was between his legs, under his chair, mm-hmm. and then it's just Drew Smith. Like his momentum takes him so far that then that took him off. When he slipped on the paper, it took him off. But yeah, crazy play when you see the clip. And I guess as we go back into into the Cavs days, we had LeBron courtside would sit with his seat sort of felt like, a, oh no, was it against that wood? I remember the security guard always holding LeBron's seat. It was like he'd come back to his king seat. Yeah. He'd come back to the to, throne. To the throne, okay. And the security guard would always be holding his seat for him just just because. For it, when he gets off the raised floor to step onto it? I forget where it was. To, if it was just off the floor, I just remember him holding it there so his butt didn't slide or whatever mm. the heck happened. Um, that is the most interesting part of this. It's unfortunate for Drew Smith. I mean, yeah, what is the answer? Absolutely what is the sucks. answer? Having the floor wider? Yeah. Having, yes, so probably. That, if it's got to be raised, and this is raised because, you know, I guess they have the the ice hockey under it and the way they've designed it. Mm-hmm. Not that they're the only arena that has that. No. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right. It's it's like those NCAA Final Four floors where it's just there's so much more court. But they ain't going to do that because that's... $1,000 seat, $1,000 seat, $1,000 seat. Exactly. 000, I mean, oh, come on. 
Yeah, I, I do think this. I mean, you see the club; it sucks, but I, I don't think it's really because of the raised floor. I think it was unfortunate, just where that piece of paper was. Really. Yeah, I got to go back into my uh, my own videos of where LeBron's seat yeah. was. I think I vined it. I think I just because vined it. Yes, you remember oh, that? Crap, you're old man. We're vining. <laughs> that that thing was great. Come on, that was a great app. It was better How than TikTok. How long was it again? Six seconds? Is that what it was? Yeah, six seconds. Six, six seconds. seconds. No, TikTok was fine, but it's just it's just it was before its time. We're talking about drones. Drones used to be bad, or the drones operators used to be bad. Now they're good. Um, now TikTok has taken over Vine, but is Vine dead? Like, can you even Vine anymore? I know cannot. you can still tumble. Yeah, I know. Tum- I always Tumblr? get an email yeah. from uh, Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> it's still going on. How old is your Tumblr now? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but can you? Uh, Vine is Vine's gone. Vine's ghost. It's gone. Yeah. 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 HQ trivia guys. They 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 went on. They were the Vine guys, and then they they invented. Oh yes, that's right. HQ trivia. It was great. Jesus. The Vine guy was LeBron James. Yeah. LeBron James. Yeah. LeBron James. LeBron James. Made a great. I think LeBron James's seat may have been sort of dangerous in terms of falling off the wood floor. <laughs> now uh, that I see this, that's why the security guard was holding it so he didn't fall off the floor. I'm uh, guessing. I'm totally but the, guessing. The, but the seats are off the floor. Those chairs. Yeah, the chairs. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Like the bench. I don't know. Okay. That's We've why talked I... way too long about this. Yes. <laughs> Just get rid of printing out those stat sheets, right? That is Killing the problem. Killing trees, man. Uh, final one here from NBA.com. FIBA holds draw for the final four spots in the Paris Olympics. Cass, is this news? Oh, it's news. Yeah. This is good news for Greece. And I know it oh. looks poor for Greece because they're in a group with... Lucas Slovenia. Oh, yeah. And Cats, Dominican Republic. Two good teams. They're Two all in teams. a single group. They're all in a single group. However, the games will be played in Greece. Oh. Will be played in Piraeus in Greece. <laughs> Not a problem. Yanis will take care of things. He's going to beat Luca. He's going to beat Cat. He's putting Greece in the Olympics. Wow. He's going to so, be eh? fine with it. Although we watched Greece last year in the World Cup. Yeah. Wasn't great. No, uh, no, it's not, not not in the World Cup. In, in leading up uh, to the oh. World Cup, yeah, no Giannis in that one. I think even though this is July and the Bucks hope to be good and could go into June and this could lead into him playing in July and then going into France. That's a long summer for Very long. for Giannis Antetokounmpo, but he loves playing for his Greek national team. So alasoleole, alasoleole, they're gonna be <laughs> fine. I think they're gonna be good. That's a tough group, Slovenia. Then New Zealand, Croatia as well. Mm-hmm. Another tough spot. Egypt, Greece, and D- the Dominican Republic. Only one team makes it from those yeah, six. Yeah, yeah. Let's just clarify that. So eight eight spots in the Olympics, they are already accounted for. Uh, France as the host mm-hmm. uh, nation, they get one of them. And then, uh, you know, seven of them qualified in the World Cup that we were, uh, you know, watching a lot uh, in, what, September was that? August and September. Yeah. So there's only four spots because it's only 12 teams in the uh, Paris Olympics. So the format here for these qualifying events, it's really simple, actually. It's four tournaments. It's hosted by Spain, by Greece, by Latvia, and Puerto Rico. Early July, July 2nd to the 7th, and uh, six teams in each tournament, and the winner takes all. You got, like, that's it. You know, they do some group play, and they're like tiny little groups, and then it's winner takes all for that actual uh, spot in the Paris Olympics. So yeah, Greece, Slovenia, DR in one group. That means only, that means maximum a Luca or a Giannis or a Carl Anthony Towns will be in Paris. And then you've got the Bahamas. They're slotted with Finland and Spain. You got a group with Lithuania, Italy, Puerto Rico. Uh, they're in a pool. So these, these could be fun little, fun little tournaments here. Big question is, yeah, what NBA guys are playing for their representative, uh, representative nations. Yeah. I, I'm I'm we'll a I'm a sicko right here. I'm already getting into this tournament. Yeah, man. You mentioned the Bahamas, where Eric Gordon and DeAndre Ayton were balling. Yep. For them, they look great, but they're in a group in Spain, where Spain, unfortunately, even though they're such a great basketball team, have problems uh, qualifying there. So them Bahamas, and they've got Lowry Markkinen's Finland Finland team. That's difficult. Yeah. Difficult group, but keep on going down. We got four good. Tournaments with good teams uh, trying to get in. It's crazy. All these nations trying to make the Paris Olympics just to play for silver. <laughs> <laughs> Do you 
Team Canada winning gold oh. in Paris. <laughs> <Play> Adam. Adam. <laughs> uh, the teams are, by the way, that are in the Olympics, France, USA, you got your World Cup champion Germany, Canada, Japan, South Sudan, Serbia, and Australia. They all uh, qualified based on that uh, World Cup performance. France getting in because they're the hosts. Mm. So, yeah, we'll be excited about this come uh, July. But you're, that's a great point about, like, if Giannis and the Bucks are playing in the finals, I mean, what what dates are we talking about then? It's like mid-June. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it could go almost – start. you almost start getting into late June. And then if, if they're there or whatever, they're, they do well – yeah, to turn around and then possibly go and try and get your team into the Paris Olympics to then play in the Paris Olympics. Right. That's nuts. Yeah, July 2nd to 7th. That's pretty soon after and the Olympics. And then when, when are the Olympics? They're also Jul- late July. Late July? I holy think it's late July. I've, I've seen ads for them. Man. I've seen ads for them, and up. I can't remember if it, it was July or August. I should know this. It just says one month. It doesn't say it overlaps two months. Oh, you're right. It's uh, July twenty July twenty sixth to August eleventh. Oh, I guess it does overlap <laughs> two two months. Anyway, uh, but but you've got teams. If you're a basketball fan, you've got teams playing in their home country. Obviously, we mentioned the Greeks, Spain playing at their home country, which will be a lot of fun. Kristaps Porzingis, I assume, will be playing in Ooh, Riga, Latvia. For the lasers. Yeah, why the heck not? And then this one in Puerto Rico that. You know, it could be Simone Fonticchio jumping over to Puerto Rico or, or the Mexican team. Uh, so that one, I'd rather Greece be in that group. Um, <laughs> it looks a little it, easier, doesn't it? It looks a little easier. A little easier. Sure. Well, at least you're the host nation, like you said. Yeah. Should be amazing crowds. Uh, all right, those are our headlines. You tell us, were they newsworthy? We sure made them newsworthy. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Uh, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twi- uh. Tweet of the Night is about a man who will probably be in Paris oh, yeah. for the American team. It's about... ESPN's Brian Windhorst. Yeah. Written by ESPN's <laughs> Tim McMahon. The great Tim McMahon. He showed a photo of Brian Windhorst's card. There's a card yeah. with Brian Windhorst's headshot on it. And Tim McMahon writes, We also discussed the treasured collectible of Windhorst <laughs> with his card, which is signed by Brian Windhorst. I assume. Yeah, I mean, it sure looks like it. It looks like a nice signature I tweeted. I like yeah. it. He's got a nice penmanship. <laughs> so he's, you, you were talking about a, a blue Sharpie yeah. hitting the card. and <laughs> and, pops. and signing. Yeah, that looks like a B and a W. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's Windhurst. Windhurst. Pronounced Windhurst. Not Horst. No. When not he, John Horst. When he pronounces it, he goes Windhurst, not Windhorst. Uh, just an FYI for everybody out there. Uh, which is a cool shot, I, I would say. I want this card, card man. <laughs> I seriously want this card from, uh, yeah, I think it's Top, Salon, and Ginter, the set there, and signed by him. Um, 
That's a beauty, man. When did he sign that card? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> and how much is that? What's that going for? Somebody fire up eBay. Let us know in the uh, in the stream team. Yes. What type of bid do I need to place on that to get that hanging up here in the Classic Factory? And it's written on the side to be an authentic. Oh yeah, it's for it's for sure authentic. I mean, it's a real it's a real <laughs> it's a real company yes. tops. <laughs> what <do> you... <laughs> authentic signature. I just got to see <laughs> oh, this. You're squinting I to just want to. You know, it's funny. I didn't consider this authentic for sure because it looks like there's a card behind the wind horse that is kind of. Mm. Ideally and, and purposefully placed to the right where it says authentic signature in that right side. So I'm not oh, sure. That's if part it is. of the card, is it? It looks yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah, other right. random card. Or I didn't is it, notice that. Or is it part of the plastic? So is this authentic? I think it is. It's real. It's real. Or well, we can send this in. We can get this graded by PSA. Professional Grading Service okay. Association. I don't know what that's for. <laughs> I, I don't, <laughs> Something the like PGA? That. Uh, <laughs> not the PGA? Sure. I'm the not PSA. sure. It's not public service announcement, though. I think McMahon likes to golf. This could be the PGA. <laughs> anyway, that's a beauty of a card. If you have one of those and you don't want it, send it to us. But to me, that that looks like a priceless card. Well, look, here's uh, the thing we were talking about on Playback last night. What would it take for uh, Tops, Allen, and Ginter to reach out to the No Dunk Boys to get some uh, cards made? Nothing. What? <laughs> what do you mean? An email. <laughs> <laughs> I think they would respond. Because that would be cool. Like, collect them all. Collect all the no donkeys. Oh, that'd be great. Right? Yes. Buy the set of them. Yes. Yeah, frame them. Uh, anyway, reach out to us oh. if anybody works at Tops. <laughs> What's your penmanship going to be like? Oh, I got a great John Hancock. You do. Which is always weird when we do, like, signings or whatever, like, you know, meet and greets with fans. Like, hey, can you sign my jersey? I always have to stop myself from signing my real name <laughs> and I go, oh yeah the other name and then uh but I've, I've mastered a pretty good one for uh for the je skeets that's a smart move nice big loopy j <laughs> good e and then into the skeets sort of scribble at the end nice. yeah yeah what, what that's I, a beneficial move so people don't steal your yeah, signature your any, actual signature can't sign any checks that's why i don't want to do mine oh <laughs> yeah hold on to it, i yeah. like my signature but I don't want people. <laughs> but you've signed things before. I've yes, seen I have. you. Yeah, yes, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah but maybe I'm going to go with a different name. Okay. Like a just, a just skeets. Uh, <laughs> so no dunks cards. Let's make them happen. But uh, that Windhurst card is yeah. incredible. Fun tweet of the night there. Let's wrap up this show, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Everybody joining us live. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Podcast listeners, leave us a five-star rating and review. We'll be back here tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern talking about these in-season tournament games because what will be cool after tonight is we're going to have our quarterfinal brackets set up. We're going to start debating, I, I assume, tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Who's moving on? Let's hear your predictions. So uh, we'll discuss those uh, setups, and I'm sure all the action from tonight will be here at 10 a.m. Eastern. Until then, Clipper Bros! You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, that in-season tournament... It's next week, baby. I did say two weeks because I it does feel like it's far away. So hold on, next week is the oh yeah, we're at the almost at the end of uh, November. Yeah, quarterfinals Monday oh. and Tuesday, Wednesday just regular season games. Thursday semifinals, Friday just regular season games, and Saturday the finals in Vegas. Kind of sandwiched by two non-basketball days right, on, e yeah. on each Sunday. Right, right. For all the uh, all the losers out there, they're gonna just make up games. Well, the the reason no, so there's no games, nothing, zero, zilch. Are we sure about yes. that? Yes, yeah, okay. unless I'm mistaken. But I think I I think I think Adam Silver's technique is let's just not play any games Sunday. They're gonna have to talk about the in season tournament, which is happening on Monday too, starting on Monday Tuesday. I think that's the technique. But anyways, I think it's working. Anyways, just wanted to note that. Also wanted to note if you want to get us some signatures, can you send Alan and Ginter? An email. Because <laughs> uh, I'm too lazy to do that. So if you want a signature, Alan and Ginter, get them on the email. Find their email. <laughs> Embrace the name, people. <laughs>